Unsung heroes, Weston and Nate Nathaniel, there behind the scenes. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to This Pink Cloud, Season 2, Episode 18. I am DJ Kelly Reverb. With me in studio today is Dylan Kingston. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing this morning? And uh, we are professorless uh, today, if y'all are... Uh, if y'all actually follow the show, actually, um, he is actually working on getting into rehab. I just texted him prior to the show, and I said, hey, what's going on? Any updates you want to give the people? And he said, I'm fine, man. Just working this weekend, then going to rehab next. So that's all the information I have on the professor. That is the professor update. But more exciting. I have shirts now. Sick. Right here. I'm wearing one. Uh, here, wait. I'll hold it up for the camera. Right here, baby. Hmm? We've got the... Uh, let me make sure. I, I could have unfolded this, but... Uh, what, this camera? Yeah, there we go. There's that one. There's that one. And then... There is... This is compelling. I, this is compelling for a podcast. If you're not watching, yeah. Uh, but uh, right there, uh, I went to rehab. I and, like that one. And all I got was my life back, with the uh, you know with the logo. But uh, anyway, so um, I guess while we're propping that out, I might as well uh, throw in thanks to our sponsor, Summer Sky. Uh, if you want to reach them. Um, it is 888-857-8857. Once again, that's 888-857-8857. And then there are also summersky.us. Uh, they sponsor the show. They're a great rehab. Hey, and we're a show about recovery. Yes, we are. <laughs> Funny how that works. Um, so let me just tell you a little backstory. Um, Dylan and I actually met at something called Skate Straight, which is a smart recovery meeting. Um, and that's why we're so intelligent, because we go to smart recovery. But um, so I met you there, um, Dylan, or as I like to say, Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> but, uh, you know, why don't you, um, I guess because I, I hear it is a great story from, uh, from your uh addiction and and from that point of view so do you want to start us off as a young dylon uh yeah the young <laughs> the young the young the young whippersnapper yeah um i mean i don't know i guess <clears throat> i mean i had a pretty normal childhood uh i lived uh in uh, wiley and grew up skateboarding got started skateboarding at a young age and things like that and everything were pretty it was pretty normal um I really didn't start 
down the road to that path of like addiction and all that stuff until I was 17 or 18. Sure. Um, you know, started smoking weed at like 14, whatever, kind of, you know, that was like in the culture of skateboarding and all of those things. Go to the park, drink a beer, smoke a doobie, skate. Right. Hang out with people, you know, but um, it was really... <clears throat> Towards my senior year, uh, my best friend, uh, that was like my like a spoon coon, like my every, he every day we were together. A, a spoon coon. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> um, every day we were together. You know, we skated all the time. Well, he ended up moving away. Uh huh. Um, and so it was kind of just left to the people that I hung out with, but just really tolerated. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Yeah. I didn't have that brother, that partner in crime. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I started kind of uh, partying a little bit more, um, found the club scene, the the nightclub scene, the after hours scene and stuff like that. Started uh, dabbling here and there and trying different things. Um, And then I found uh, some way, I think, I believe if I'm not mistaken, the way I remember it is I got hurt skateboarding pretty bad. I like uh, tore like every ligament and tendon in my uh, left ankle. Ouch. Um, yeah, and I was in a boot for like ten months, something like that. Right. So, so no skating. No skating. Yeah. I was left to my own devices. I uh-huh. think I partied in a wheelchair for a while. <laughs> of um, course, dude. <laughs> doing the wheelies and whatnot. Yeah, impressing yeah. people at parties in my wheelchair tricks and. All right. Um, Did you ever drop in? While you were in your wheelchair? I didn't. And looking back, we need to get a wheelchair and go to the skate park. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so uh, uh, I think I I was prescribed pain medicine, obviously, because that's like a really heavy injury. Uh Um, And so I got prescribed the pain medicine, was taking it as prescribed, things like that. Well, then one thing leads to another, and, you know, that's the story. You know, I got Mm. prescribed a pain medication. Uh, I liked it even when I wasn't in pain. Right. Um, and I just got a little too happy with it. And uh, I started taking more than I was supposed to. I started. Now, was you, I mean, were you being prescribed more or did you start looking to the streets or? Well, okay. So originally, I mm. think that I was prescribed a little bit more than I needed. Um, sure. As like a, you know, like as a, a back, but like a pillow so that if I got into a point where I was in pain, I would have it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I started finishing my prescription before I was supposed to get a refill, ah, you know, and right. things like that. So then, yes, I like turned to the streets. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I I remember this so vividly because I was I had a very hard resolve to never do hard drugs. Like, of course. My doctor gave it to me. It's okay. Right. Um, oh, just a little bit of weed here and there is cool. Some club drugs, things like that. Sure. But the big two, meth and heroin, I was never going to touch. You couldn't, right. You couldn't peg me for that in, in my life. And by the way, that that's a good plan. I mean, I I actually stuck with that plan. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank see, God. See, and, see and, and some people are lucky and can, but right. myself, I... I started down that opiate road, and that's uh, uh-huh. that's uh, that's something that grabs you, and you you don't get the choice. You know, uh-huh. it takes sure. your choice. Um, so um, slowly but surely, I made my way towards things. Kept it was almost like I, I set myself up because I would tell myself I would do something that I said I would never do, uh-huh. and then I'd be like, oh well, oh, I'm not gonna do this. Right. And then six months later, <laughs> I'd be doing that. Right. You, you, know? set, you set parameters that you you cross all the time. Yeah, exactly. So right. it's, it's like as I was speaking, and I 
didn't realize I believed in this so heavily until I look back on it now. But you mm -hmm. speak things into existence. You really do. You know, right. like you you manifest that stuff. If you if you talk about it and think about it and all the time and everything like that, like it can happen. It's gonna, yeah. It's yeah. No, no, no. I get it. Putting it into the universe, you know. Sure. So um, slowly I started um, dabbling with. Uh, so at first I was getting like hydrocodones, and then I started mm -hmm. getting oxycotton, and then I started getting allotted and then it was you, you know, get some street fentanyl yeah i know that's that's huge like now i mean there there's a uh, definitely a crazy amount of that on the streets and and you don't know what that's made of uh-uh yeah, yeah well and you have no idea and the thing is is that if if you're actually getting fentanyl the amount of that stuff that it takes to kill you is just like it's oh, yeah like a pin cat like the pin the tip of a pin that, oh yeah if yeah and so we very were, dangerous don't do street fentanyl kids. yeah <laughs> don't, yeah, don't do that. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Right. Um, and so, yeah, man, we just started getting stuff from, you know, and then I remember one day not being able to find something or whatever, and someone was like, hey, man, like, you know, like, uh, this is the same exact stuff, you know, it's going to do the exact same thing, and it's going to be cheaper, you're going to save money, because, I mean, oh, yeah, I was spending, I had a job, I worked, I served tables back then, mm -hmm. and I made damn good money, I worked at Olive Garden for five years, and I was the bar manager, right, and I think I was pulling in 1200 1500 bucks a week, right, and I had nothing to show for it, yeah, because I was spending it all on frivolous nonsense and sure. drugs, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so somebody said, oh, you're going to save some money. And I was like, well, that sounds good. You right, know? yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a thrifty drug <laughs> yeah. <a> drug addict. <laughs> but they didn't throw in there, you're going to save some money at first. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> until you, until it gets your its claws in you and then you're then you're screwed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's crazy so, so i mean so it basically you went from the the street opiates or or being prescribed opiates then gradually then i mean how do we get to iv use i mean are we are we there yet or We're, no so okay. it was a it was like i said i set parameters for myself i told myself uh -huh. i won't do this i won't do that and so it was a progression over time when i started doing it i was smoking it and snorting it uh -huh. and wasn't uh i would see needles and be like oh that's crazy you know what i'm saying right but then as an addiction does, I mean, you grow a tolerance to things. You, you know, you're around other people. And the more that you familiarize yourself with something, the less scary it becomes. Right. You know, and so I promised myself, oh, I'll never stick myself. Did I you like have it. friends that were like using and then you go, oh, well, I mean, you know, it's not that bad. Or how did you justify it? Well, okay. So when I first started doing it, the uh -huh. first time I ever did it, um, I didn't want to tell anybody. Right. I, I kept it hidden. Um, uh -huh. None of my close friends knew. Like, my best friend that moved away, he never knew until uh -huh. uh, I got in trouble for it the first time. Um, but then I found out that people I had used to hang out with that had lost connection with, sure, I got back in contact with them, and they were doing it as well. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, common ground, we start hanging out again and things like that. And so I got familiarized with the whole process of, like, going and getting it and 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 getting the rigs from the pharmacy and like all of this stuff but i wouldn't do it i'm like no i don't want a needle i'm fine this way whatever right and that goes on for a little while until you see your friends getting way more messed up than you are you know right and you 
as an addict, you're like, man, I want to be that messed up. Right. Why, sure. why can't I get why there? Why can't I have the superior buzz? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it becomes a pissing contest. And next thing you know, I mean, of course, there's like females involved and this, that, and the other. And uh-huh. you want to, you don't want to stand out and stuff like that. And so, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I tried it for the first time and that was probably... That was probably a year into doing it. I think I had already I had already gotten arrested once for it, um, mm-hmm. and then I went to uh, detox twice, mm-hmm. and that's before I started shooting up. Oh wow! So the okay. so the signs started popping up, right? Sure. Um, now, when you went to detox, did you actually just do medical detox and then just go back out and no treatment, or or? Yeah. So I think that was always my that was always my issue. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I come off like this anymore, but I'm a very stubborn person. Okay. Um, I'm very. You can't tell me nothing. Um, uh-huh. I know better than anybody. Right. Um, I I'm gonna tell you most of the time. Okay. Um, which I've tried to learn not to be. You know. Right. As yeah, I've grown you. and become an adult, but um, back then I was young, dumb, and nobody right. could tell me shit. Right. Um. So I think the. I remember the. And I remember this phone call like it was yesterday. I remember I was, uh, I got up at like 10 in the morning. I was, I, I didn't know what dope sick was. Mm. Everyone that I had been using with had told me, hey, if you don't use this, you're going to get sick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I used and used and used and never got sick. And then, but I never realized that like there wasn't, once I started, there wasn't a break. Ah, you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So no, like, so you never, you never got the hangover. Yeah, and AKA so, dope sick for IV users. Yeah, and yeah. this is even before I was an IV user, and like I just never experienced that. So one day when I like didn't use the day before, and I wake up and I feel like I have the flu, I like tell my mom, I'm like, look, dude, like, cause I'm like still 19 at this point. I'm still uh-huh. living at home, being a bum. Sure. Um. I'm like, look, I don't feel good. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like throwing up. I'm like all cold chills, all that stuff. Right. And she's like, oh, you have the flu. Just go lay down, whatever. But it didn't get better. Right. And so I call my buddy or my buddy calls me and he's like, hey, dude, let's go out. Like, let's go get some, whatever. And I'm like, dude, I'm so sick. And he starts laughing on the phone. Like, (laughs) and I'll never forget this. Like, he starts laughing at me and I'm like, dude, what's wrong? Like, what's funny? And he's like, dude, you're dope sick. Yeah. And I'm like, what is, what are you, no, dude, what do you, what is that? And he's like, trust me. He's like, come get in my car. I'm outside your house. We're going to go get some. You'll feel better in now, 30 minutes. Now, just for those people out there, explain what dope sick is. Because I hear this uh, all the time, this term. And if you're not, a, you know, maybe a, a, a user, uh, if you're just a boring alcoholic like me, then you hear the term dope sick. So what does dope sick mean to you? Um, dope sick is the... <clears throat> worst possible physical sickness that I've ever encountered in my life. Um, I've growing up, I was like super susceptible to, I I mean, I went to public school, so I had Uh strep throat and bronchitis and the flu every year and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But like dope sick is your body's need for opiates. And so when you become dope sick, it starts off as like cold, hot, you get sweats, you get uh, lethargic, you, your body aches, mm-hmm. but then once you go into full withdrawals or full dope sickness, um, you're like vomiting, you're sh- like 
shitting your brain, like you shitting your it. brains out for yeah. a lack of a better term. Like, right. You're, uh, you're hot, you're cold, everything hurts, you're restless, you can't sleep. Right. Like, so not only do you start to get sleep, de- sleep deprivation, but you're also like in the worst pain. Like when I, when I, how I explain it to people is it feels like your bones are growing outside of your body. Okay. Like it's the worst sickness that I, like I literally would rather get hit by a full-size bus. Right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, and I don't, I, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. Right. I got you. Okay. Like, well, now now the people, I, I always like to paint a little bit of a mental picture because like people always say dope sick. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what does, you know, what, what exactly is that? What does that entail? So that's good that I know that now. Yeah. So, and it's, uh, it's, it's not for the, fa- it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. uh, it, I think, and I think that now looking back to, I think that is a catalyst for a lot of the reasons why people do such crazy things to get drugs. Uh huh. Because nobody wants to be dope. I feel, yeah, yeah, I fear that. Like, yeah. Like I was the pat like last a couple weeks ago I don't know it was maybe like a month ago or something uh-huh. uh, I got like a little cold or something just kind of under the weather I uh-huh. wasn't sick I did I wasn't like deathly but I kind of I didn't feel 100 percent right and like the first thing my mind goes to is like oh God please like I haven't done any dope why am I getting sick you know what I'm saying and I'm like hey man you still get sick though <laughs> yeah and I'm like this is uh, please I just and then I don't know it's just that's weird. I got you. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that whole uh, self-survival mode probably kicks in, and you go, oh, man. <laughs> your, that part of your brain goes, oh, we need to use again, dude. Yes. We're sick. Yeah, yeah so, and it's cr- So it's still there, yeah. Yeah, and... Because it's a learned behavior. Yeah, and it's like you don't realize how learned things are until mm. it comes up, and yeah. then you're like, whoa, my brain is trained to do that. Sure. Like... I don't know. It's just crazy. Oh, well, I mean, you know, just we were talking about my little thumb injury, and I was like, oh, well, normally I would drink my way out of that and not even feel it, you know, or yeah. whatever. So I get it. I get the whole, you know, learned behavior thing and then just uh, trying to, um, you know, in your sobriety, making a conscious decision because you can. And you happen to make better decisions, I think. Yeah. When you're sober. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one hundred. I think one hundred percent. I I have the cognitive ability to make the rational decision now. Right. Um. But yeah, back to where I was. So my friends like, ha ha ha, whatever. You're dope sick. He's like making fun of me. He's like, just come get in my car. So literally, it's like 10 a.m. I'm in basketball shorts, no shoes, and like a tank top, and I go and get my friend's car, and I'm like fetal position in his mm. passenger seat. I'm like, dude, if this doesn't work, I just want you to take me to the hospital. I'm dying. Like, right. it's gotten to the point where I'm just, like, over it. This is the first time I've ever felt it, so I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go. We get some. We're, like, driving back to the house because I didn't want to do it in the car just in case we got pulled over. I wanted to have it hidden, all that stuff. You know, I was really cautious about that stuff mm-hmm. at first. And then we get pulled over on, like, 75, I think. And I... My friend, it was in a cigarette pack under the seat, whatever. It got tossed under my seat in the scramble of the cops pulling us out of the car and stuff like that. And so I get booked and go to Richardson Jail for $20 worth of heroin with basketball shorts, a tank top, and no shoes on. Oh, nice. Um, 
no wallet, no nothing. I had nothing on me. And you're sick. And I'm sick. Yeah. I didn't even get to. I got it, but I never even got to use it. Right. So I'm sick. Okay. And and that's how they caught. That's how they knew something was up. Uh huh. Because as soon as they walked up to the car, they looked at me and they were like, "This kid is withdrawing hard." Right. Like they spotted it like it was nothing. Yeah. Um. And so. Fast forward a couple hours, I get booked in, I get put in a holding tank, I'm like crying, I'm like freaking out, I've never been in jail, I'm 19, like, mm. I don't know what's going on. Right. And I have to call my grandmother and call her and tell her, hey, I got busted with heroin, right? Right, that's gotta be like uh, definitely like uh, out of nowhere, because she probably didn't even know you were using or she, anything like that. She had no I'm, idea I was doing anything. Yeah, but, I'm sure you kept that well hidden. Yeah, yeah. at first. Yeah. Um, so this was like the door, the opening of the door. This is like me stepping over the threshold into uh -huh. my active addiction, criminal history, things like that. Okay. Um, so I go, uh, she bonds me out of jail, and I go through the sickness at my house for uh -huh. the next three days. Um, I start to feel better, and so there's that shimmer of light, and I'm like, I'll never do it again. I promise I never want to feel like that ever again. Yeah. Like, I promise I'll never do it, Mimi. Like, just let me stay. Keep living here. I'll get a job. I'll, I'll be good. I promise. Right. Shout out to Mimi. Yeah, shout out to Mimi. Best lady that's ever walked this earth. <laughs> um, and uh, so... I go a little bit. Um, I think I started going back to the clubs and stuff like that. I uh -huh. was like, as long as I don't do hard stuff, like I'll be fine. Right. Um, that resolve only lasted for a little while. Yeah. Um, I started using again. Um, and then. What are we talking like window? Like how long were, did that uh, policy stay in place? Maybe a month. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. The first time it was the first time that it was in my vicinity, uh -huh. um, like a, a a police dog, I find it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, as soon as it's anywhere close, I'm there. Mm -hmm. um, and like we spoke about earlier, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. Um, yeah. Like we Nolan says, uh, he was addicted to more. Yes. So and and Dylan was saying the same thing that he 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 was. Uh, uh, no stranger to anything, really. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> as long as it gave you an altered state of reality, you were in. Yes, <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, and so, like I said, that resolve lasted for about a month. Well, then I started running with this guy, and uh, I, fi I, I figured out, uh, mm -hmm. which probably was whatever, I figured out, hey, if I'm going to the club and all these people want club drugs and I can get that for cheaper than I can get what I want, right. then I can sell it to them to make the money to get what I want. Of course. You dude, know? You're, and, a, you're a business. You're an <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and so I got in with a group of friends and we started throwing in and uh, it was like the same group of friends I was using heroin with and things mm -hmm. like that. So we started going to the club to sell drugs to get money for our drugs. Right. Um, and that worked for a little while, you know, um, until one night I am driving to go pick up one of my business partners, I guess you could say. Sure. Uh, in Rockwall, Texas. Uh-huh. And um, red and blue lights come behind us. Oh, yeah, dude. You got to love that. Um, so I wasn't 21 yet, and we were going to all these clubs. Mm -hmm. So, of course, to get into these clubs, I needed fake IDs. Yeah, of course. Um, so I had multiple from multiple different states. Right, yeah. I, I Well, <laughs> even back in my day, dude, we had the uh, Vicon Village special. Yeah. The Lu Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, and see, so, so I got taken to this place called Copycat. 
Uh-huh. Um, and you, like, go in, and it's, like, super sketchy. All right. You, like, walk in, and it's, like, it looks, honestly, to me, it looks like an old check cashing place that they've uh-huh. blacked out all the windows, and there's uh-huh. just, like, a little hole in the thing. Yeah. And you walk up, and you're, like, yeah, I'll take two. Uh-huh. And they, like, stick a camera through the hole, take your picture, pull it back, and then, like, five minutes later, they, like, hand them out, and it's, like, 150 <laughs> bucks. Wow. And they well, can... I'm glad to see that fake IDs are still going on out yeah, there. Yeah, they're alive and well, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, we get pulled over in Rockwall, and um, nothing, nothing's wrong, whatever. And then, but they smell weed in the car. And I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, search the car, whatever. Uh-huh. We had smoked previously, and so I was sure. like, you're not going to find anything. Right, it's gone. And I didn't know that fake IDs could be such a heinous crime. Ah, yes. Um, so they find the fake IDs. So I have my original ID, my Texas driver's license. I have uh-huh. a, a Arizona ID with my name and picture on it. Uh-huh. And then I have, I think it, I think it was a Louisiana. Uh, one. I, I, want, I was hoping for a Hawaiian one, like McLovin Mc, style. Yeah. <laughs> McLovin style. Right. Um, <laughs> But the thing is, is my address uh, in the in the stoner druggy mentality that I had, my address was 420 Lucy Lane. Oh, nice. Um, so there we go. You got to pick that stuff. So sure, of, of course. Of course, we had to make it kind of. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they found uh, they found all of those, and they're like, oh, this doesn't look good, da-da-da-da. And I'm like, because I, I remember asking before we got them, how much trouble can we get them for these? And they're like, oh, it's just a slap on the wrist. They usually cut them up and send you on your way. Mm. Well, not Rockwall County. Um, okay. Rockwall County, I don't know if, uh, shout out to Rockwall County. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if anybody has ever, they're tough. Yeah. Um, they don't play games. Um, so previously, that first time I got arrested, I got those charges dropped on uh-huh. it being my first time and me playing, uh, well, not me playing, but me being, a young kid, and they were like, look, he got wrapped up with the wrong people, blah, blah, blah. Right. I did some community service, and it went away. Sure. Um, so this is me getting arrested in Rockwall. This is, like, probably less than a year later, um, and they give me a first-degree felony for forgery of a government document of criminal institution, criminal institution of national security or money. Right. So these IDs... The Hold on, wait, that was a lot. I, I need to process that. What was that again? Okay, so it was forgery of okay. a government document okay. of a criminal, institu- a criminal institution of national security or money. Okay. So basically, the reason why they gave me that charge, which I come to find out later, um, is the IDs that I had, these IDs were good. You could mm. scan them at the gas station. Ah. Like, they were good. Okay. So the numbers matched up to somebody else. Yeah. So I technically, like was stealing people's identities ah. and, and it wasn't just like a run-of-the-mill like fake id like oh right. that looks like me like yeah this was like legit like yeah like it's real a, deal holy oh, field wow. yeah yeah and so i get charged with this felony uh-huh. i don't know what i'm gonna do i've never i've never been in jail longer than 24 hours Mimi to the rescue again, uh, right? I call Mimi. I get on the phone. That foxhole prayer that, like, I promise I'll never do anything wrong oh, yeah, ever again. Yeah, <laughs> the, I like that. The foxhole prayer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, I call her, and she bonds me out, man. I think it would cost her like eight thousand dollars or something to bond me out. My bond, wow. my my bond was almost like a hundred grand. Wow. Um, they didn't want to let me go, and it was yeah. my first like charge, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, and so, uh, I remember, man, I just, I got out and obviously you got the fake ID so you could vote, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
I would, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but by the way, what were was there any good names on the fake ID? No, they were all I my did. name. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. They were all my name. I love that, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I was ballsy with it, I guess, looking back now. but That's they, funny. They okay. were all my name. They all said 420 Lucy Lane, and they had my picture on them. Well, there you go. I was Beautiful. like, they can't say these aren't mine. <laughs> I'm dumb, young, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, so I got, I got uh, in trouble in Rockwall. Uh, fast forward. Um, I go and they put me on probation, right? Uh-huh. Um, probation is not a good thing for drug addicts. Okay. Um, it's hard enough for people that actually like do the right thing. Like mm. I'm, I'm still on probation right now sure. um, for the last charge of that. We'll get there. Okay. Um, it's still difficult now. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was uh, a joke. I was, I was joking myself thinking that I could do it. Um, right. I should have just took time, um, but I didn't. So here's here we are so i signed for a four-year deferred probation um i'm on probation about six months i can't pass a piss test i can't pay a fine because i can't hold a job Mm -hmm. because as soon as i got out of jail and said oh i'm not going to do anything wrong anymore i started going harder right um i like left the house wasn't living at grandma's anymore i was couch surfing uh, I was stealing to get drugs. I was right, and all this time you're out on bond and probation, uh, which Mimi was un- nice enough to facilitate. And she was on the hook for yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah. for for a hundred grand. Yeah. Uh, okay. um, and so I think I honestly think at this, I think I don't remember because I was so fucked up. But I'm pretty sure she put her house up as collateral. Oh, like, wow, you know what man. I'm saying? Like, yeah. this woman would do anything for yeah, me. Yeah. Right. Um, and and i wouldn't be where i'm at today without her so after that i'm like on probation i'm still technically living at the house but i'm Mm -hmm. not there much Mm -hmm. um i'm borrowing money from her every day things like that um stealing to get it um just just all of those things that you do to get drugs right um i start running with uh, some newer people and getting into more of this well probation is going to catch up to you eventually Mm -hmm. um so this four-year probation i went through it and i did multiple like three night stays in jail because i couldn't pass a piss test 10 night stays in jail because i couldn't pass a piss test uh they revoked me for non-payment i think at the end of it i had like 24 revocations on that four-year probation wow um where before they were like hey we're gonna send you somewhere Right. So I had a good lawyer. Maybe uh-huh. paid for a good lawyer. Sure. And I kept getting chance after chance after chance after chance. Right. Um, and so when they were done giving me chances. Now when, okay, just layman's terms because, uh, okay, when they revoke your probation, right? So what does that mean? Like, what's that process? I mean, just real quick. Well, so if you have conditions of probation, right? Okay. Um, yeah, so like you, you have to show up here, you have to pee. And you, you have, have classes, to, you have right. to pay your payments. Sure. So when they, when you don't do those things, they file a motion for revocation. Okay. And when they do that, a warrant goes out for your arrest. Uh-huh. Um, so the next time you show up to probation, they arrest you. Or if you don't show up to probation, it's just the next time they catch. Cause yeah, it's pro- the next time they catch you on the outside, you're going inside. Yeah. So okay. pro- probation and parole are different. Probation, okay. if you stop showing up, it stops. Parole if you don't get caught until the end of your parole then yeah. you discharge your parole successfully okay but everybody hear that <laughs> yeah, it's really weird how it works right. i don't know and i've okay. been on, i've been on both and it's terrible so right 24 evocations they finally yeah like, i know i was like how did but how do they let that happen without 
you know, throwing you on the inside. My lawyer played time. golf with the DA. Ah, well, there we go. Um, and was really expensive. Ah. Um, and I kept kind of like giving them a little bit to get a little bit. And then uh-huh. I think I got changed probation officers like three times. And so somewhere in that commotion, um, I just pulled the wool over there. Just, oh, yeah. Just kind of slid through. Right. Yeah. Um, but then they had enough. Mm. Uh, so. Okay. I can either do two years TDC to mm-hmm. finish out my sentence. And TDC is? is Texas Department of Corrections, uh-huh. so it's big boy jail, it's prison. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 20, I think. I'm like, wow. fuck that. I'm not going to jail. I'm too pretty for that shit. Right. Um, and then they were like, okay, well, this is what you can do then. We're going to send you to this six-month rehabilitation program. Ah, okay. Um, and that's how they made it sound fancy. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, I'm going to get some help, right? Yeah. Um, really what they sent me to is called safe P. Okay. Um, so it's a substance abuse and felony punishment treatment facility. Okay. Um, it's a cognitive behavioral adjustment program. Okay. Now say, and it's called safe P safe P. Okay. Now, now, and this is exclusively for people that are in trouble with the law. This is not a resource for everybody. No, absolutely not. This is somewhere you're forced to go. Um, and I wouldn't recommend trying to go. Um, right, right. Well, well, no, no. And I, but, but you would take that over jail, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, now. Uh, okay. okay. Well, so let me explain this to you. So okay. I, this is how it was, uh, this is how it was played out to me. Uh-huh. They said, hey, instead of going to prison, uh-huh. we're going to put you back in county. Okay. You're going to hang out until a bed opens up. Okay. Um, and you're timed. So it's a six month program uh-huh. on the condition of your behavior. Okay. Um, so they're like, we're going to put you back in county jail. Mm. You're going to hang out there for however long it takes for a bed to open up. And then once you hit the unit where you're going, your time starts. Right. Um, and I was told if I go there and I do what I'm supposed to do six months from that day, I'll be home. Okay. Um, I waited two months in county jail. So mm-hmm. I did two months in county jail uh-huh. um, before a bed opened up. Okay. None of that time counted. Right. Um, I get there, and this place... How are the accommodations in jail? Um, <laughs> uh, less than satisfactory. <laughs> right. I mean, Rockwell County is a lot nicer county jail than any other one that I've uh-huh. been to, um, but still, it's no place I want to be. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, taking a shit where you can hold hands with the person next to you. <laughs> um, showering. A little with, kumbaya moment. Yeah, <laughs> like while, Bible while study. You're de- while while defecating. Yeah. Like taking a shower with no curtain. Oh yeah. Um dude. lye soap is terrible for your skin. It breaks you out. Yeah. Um okay. all that all that stuff. Um okay. but yeah, so then I finally get to this unit and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna go to this unit, it's gonna be rehab. We're gonna pro- we're gonna like uh reprogram my brain cognitively. Well, that's what they call yeah. it is programming. That's why sure. I went for that word because uh-huh. uh it's like a when I say it's like a recovery boot camp, uh-huh. I mean that to like the like most harshest way I can mean it. Okay. Um, they, the off the officers or the guards, um, the corrections officers, they come in at four fifteen in the morning and turn the lights on and scream four fifteen feet on the floor. Uh, you have to be out of bed and dressed by four thirty, and ready to go to chow. And then you come back and you literally are in cognitive behavior classes from like five until five in the afternoon you get like three hours to watch tv and you have to be back in your rack by eight o'clock at night wow like your clothes have to be folded at your bunk in like 10 by like military yeah, style. military style right? like okay it's tough sure um 
And so I went, uh, you march to Cadence every Wednesday and Saturday. Okay. Um, all of those things, like it's very, like a very rigorous. Um, and then not only that, you have to go through all that stress, but the inmates, like the people that are there. Are trying to kill me. Well, no, it's not <laughs> or even that. kick your ass or steal your stuff. They have these things called uh, slips and tickets. Okay. So you have to call each other out on your behavior. So, like, say that me and you are in the same dorm, okay. and you're not picking up after yourself, or you're being an asshole, or mm -hmm. you're not doing what you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to call you out on it, uh. and then write you up about it. Nice. And then turn it in to the people in charge, uh, yeah. and let them know that you're fucking up when right. they're not watching. Now, but, and does that person that you, that you fingered, uh, <laughs> do, they, do they know it's you that wrote them up? Yeah, so that's how. So that's how. That's, that makes a great living environment. That's how right it works. There. The next day, you have to like confront each other. Like so, like say the night before you were doing something you weren't supposed uh -huh. to do. I would walk up to you and I'd go, Kelly. Uh, I would like you to pull up on the behavior of leaving your trash everywhere. Uh -huh. I would write a ticket on you. The next day, we have to sit in a circle of all the people in our pod, and we have to sit in front of each other, and I have to tell you why you're wrong, okay. and you have to say I'm sorry and, like, tell me you're going to fix your behavior. <laughs> really? They, but you, what if you don't want to fix your behavior or you have a problem? Do you do you process there? Yeah, or, it's, so it's yeah. like a process circle. And, uh -huh. Dude, it's just bizarre. Yeah. So... Not only are you going through that trauma ah, and yeah. all of that, but it's a TDC facility. There's no AC. There's no heat. Oh, um, man. I, I got, that's got to be. What What time of year were you in? I got there summer? in August. Oh. So when I got there, it was 108 degrees inside oh the door. They're big metal buildings. Yeah. And by the time I left, it was cold outside, and you slept fully clothed. Oh, wow. Like jacket and hat and everything. Sure. Um, wow. There was 60 men in each dorm, mm. uh, bunk bed style, like barracks style. Okay. Um, and so I was there for six months, right? Mm. I was told, like I told you previously, I was told six months from the day that I entered that place, I would be walking out to go home. Okay. Well, when I get there, I find out that's not the case. That sounded sweet. Yeah. And it's and it's a, and it's an option, but not for Rockwall County. Every okay. other county has the option to get out of there and go home to do their aftercare. Ah, okay. But Rockwall County requires you to go to a halfway house. Ah, okay. So and then people out there that don't know what a halfway house is is basically like a sober living situation, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a it's regimented, but uh, and there's rules, and you still have to pee test, and there's a, a certain level of accountability and structure there that you might not do on your own when you're at home. Perfect. Okay. That's exactly it. You have like a a, a a time you have to be back, and they and they check you when you go in and out and things like that sure. especially this one a little bit more strictly because okay. it's a tdc ran facility uh -huh. um so you're on the outside uh i was in bryan college station at a place called bv casa okay that place was amazing i had a great counselor there uh, -huh. uh i really like started a foundation for recovery okay there um it was great and uh, I got to work a job and save some money. When I left there, I had enough money to buy a car when I came back to Dallas, all of those things. Yeah. So life was looking good, right? So right. I did that. I was gone for, uh, ended up being seven months I was at Safe P. 
Mm-hmm. I got out. I did three more months at uh, at a halfway house, mm-hmm. and I come back to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, now, are you what, like twenty three at this time, or 20? Yeah, yeah, somewhere okay. right around there. Okay. Um, yeah, somewhere right around there, and I come back to Dallas. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I touch back down in Dallas. I get a. a my grandmother's like. Come home, just uh, do what you're supposed to do. We'll take you to meetings. You don't have to get a job right away. We want you to ease back into this. Yeah. Uh, I got a new skateboard. I started going to the skate park a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, same old story. I stopped going to meetings because I didn't really want to go. Sure. Um, I ran into some old friends. Right. Um, started using again. The old people, places, things. Yeah. And you went back to what you knew and what was familiar. Yeah. And And then, guess what? You relapsed, right? Yeah, 100%. I went back to grandma's couch. I was in the same area with the same people, all those things. Uh When I got out of safe pee, I was still on probation in Rockwall. Yeah. So, like, I had to finish that out. Um, So I started using again. Okay. Um, Same story. Couldn't pass a piss test. Wasn't going to my classes, this, that, and the other. They're finally like, we're done with you, dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I owed, I think I owed them, like, a year and a half left on my probation. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, you're going to TDC for it. Mm. So, just got home from Safe P. It's been maybe eight months, a year, mm-hmm. and I'm on my way to TDC. Right. So, all of that that I did to avoid going to prison, I still end up going anyway. Right, yeah. Um, and in the process... Which is not uncommon. No, not yeah. uncommon at yeah. all. Um, unless, so now being on probation and, like, doing the right thing and working a job and all that, probation's a breeze. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get to that of how yeah, much yeah. better things are but back then it was it was a setup for failure i was going to prison regardless right um and so first trip to tdc i owed them like a year well it takes four months for me to even get picked up to go to tc because you wait in county and then you catch chain and then you go and you get your id and you go to like a classifications unit mm-hmm. um and then if you're there long enough then you go to a big boy unit this that and the other well when i got there unbeknownst to me the judge had granted me my back time okay so all yeah. that time i didn't save p wasn't for nothing i right. got that so okay. i did what's called a turnaround i got there and as soon as i got there i was seeing classifications and they were like your odr uh-huh. which means uh overdue release okay so i was already on my way home oh wow i got super lucky yeah um so i got my id i was there your real id <laughs> yeah, my right. TDC ID. Right. I got gotcha. you. Uh, where they shave your head, oh, okay. they make you. Yeah, you take a, gotcha. all that. Uh-huh. Um, so I was overdue release, so uh-huh. it was time for me to go home already, basically. So I think I stayed there a month and a half, and then at five in the morning one night they called my name. Uh, I got sent to uh, the release unit. I got released. Mm-hmm. I'm on parole. Okay. Um, so parole, I have like a year left. Okay. Um, and so. I get out on parole. I'm doing good. I'm not using whatever. Da da da. This is like 25, mm-hmm. 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using. I'm not using. I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I start using again. Well, I'm so close to finishing parole. Like I told you, it's not yeah. like probation. I finished my probation because uh-huh. I did my time. They're done sure, with me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Rockwall County has released right, me. Right. 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 Um, but then I'm on parole for the other the other charge that I got at the end of my probation that sent mm. me to prison. It like okay. tacked up together. Gotcha. And I'm on parole, so I start using again. But to save face, 
I'm like, I go to my parole officer and I'm like, hey, look, I'm going to go to treatment. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh-huh. Um, please don't revoke me. Because right. Because they can revoke your parole, sure. too, and send you back to prison to do your time. Right. So I, I go to treatment for the fourth time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much that I probably am missing yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. But, yeah, and so I've gone to treatment for, like, the fourth time, uh, just detox. Uh-huh. Go to Homeward Bound. Um, I go to Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound is a facility here in Dallas that yes. uh, is it's free. It's state-run, and uh, Kurt works there. Yes. Shout out, Kurt. Shout out, Kurt. Big man <laughs> in charge of the skate straight. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and so he Kurt, the Kurt doesn't work there at this time, but uh, when I go, I go to detox, mm-hmm. um, and I get out of detox, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'm good. I go back to parole. I tell them I'm good, whatever, da-da-da. Um, and I'm taking Suboxin. Ah, uh, um, yeah. For yes. people that don't know what Suboxin is, it's a, uh, it's like a medicine for your neurological thing. Right. That well, how Nolan explains Suboxin to me, it's basically for opiate use. Yes. Um, and basically, it's a sealing drug. So, and he explained it to me in alcoholic terms. He said, it's basically like you've had three shots and then you can't get any more drunk. Yeah. So it's an inhibitor. It turns off your receptors. Yeah. It well, so, it, okay. it like interferes with them so right. that uh, a lot of the time what happens is people are taking Suboxone and then they like want to relapse anyway. Yeah. And they end up doing so much because they don't start getting high and then they overdose. Yeah. Um, sure. So I started doing Suboxone and I was doing good for a little bit and then same old story. It's not enough. Uh huh. Um, so. I stop doing Suboxone. I start using again. This is, and so in this time period, we're like fast forwarding a little bit. Uh-huh. The time period is, so now my clean date is December 26th of 2019. Uh-huh. I was using all of the beginning of 2019, and then I turned myself in to Turtle Creek. Uh-huh. Um, okay, and Turtle Creek is another state-run facility, in right? In Dallas, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's a 28-day men's program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to go to, if you're on drugs like heroin where you're going to withdraw you have to go to detox first right yeah a lot of places i i you know with with uh nolan going into rehab as well uh you know there i didn't realize there's places but then they require you to be medically detoxed prior to uh admission yeah because it can be a very dangerous yeah, thing detoxing without any yeah. help right right especially right, right. um hey, Oh, go ahead. Heroin, you feel like you're dying, but uh-huh. most of the time you won't. Right. Um, but like alcohol, for instance, sure. Xanax, yeah. things like that, those things you can die from the withdrawals. They right. like send your body into such a shock. So I think you were almost there, and we just, you know, I just want to be cognizant of the time. But um, you were, you were, I think you were getting to the point where you were going to Oxford House, right? Yeah. Okay. And then now, do you ran an Oxford House, right? Uh, okay, well, just tell me how you got to Oxford House and then what your experience was. Okay, cool. So we'll fast forward. So I was using that whole time, November 26th, or, or December 26th, 2019, I turned myself into Turtle Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do 28 days there. Um, previously, that time I went to Homeward Bound, I met one of my really, really good friends, Quindon Tarver, okay. um, who just passed away recently. Uh, uh, he relapsed and was in his addiction and something terrible happened. Um, rest in peace. Sure. Uh, he, but. He is the catalyst to all of my recovery right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't say he's the reason, but he pushed me. He nudged me, right? Right. So I met him at Homeward Bound, kept in contact with him, 
he was like, hey, man, I just got out of Turtle Creek not too long ago. I've been clean for like three months. I'm living at this place called Oxford House, which I had no idea what that was. Sure. Um, and I'm like, dude, I don't know. I've got a job. I really can't miss work. I'm going to be sick, this, that, and the other. He's like, dude, I will come pick you up and take you. Just do it. Uh huh. And I was like, no, it's fine. So I get my grandmother the day after Christmas. I wanted to spend Christmas with my family, um, which was probably a mistake because I was so high that I don't remember it. Um, falling asleep and making an ass of myself and right. all of those things. Mm. And so December 26th, they take me to Turtle Creek. I do 28 days at Turtle Creek. And in that time, Quinn gets me an interview at an Oxford house. Okay. Um, because I decided that since detox and a little bit of treatment didn't work before, I needed to do something different, right? Right. Um, and so I go to this interview at this Oxford house. And what Oxford house is, is it's, it's, it's all around the world. They have houses everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a sober living community, um, but it's not ran by the state or anything like that. So right. it's a group of guys. They have female houses as well, guys or girls that live in a house. Um, you have accountability. You have to do chores. You have to pay your rent. Uh, you have to have a job. You have to go to meetings. Um, and you learn how to be an adult. It's a a springboard back into normal society. Right. Um, so I was living in Richardson and Oxford house. Um, mm -hmm. I started out just a normal member of the Oxford house. And by the time I finished, I was there a little over a year. Um, by the time I finished, I was the most senior member in the house. I was paying all the bills. I was doing all of those things and I was uh, working in chapter. Right. Um, so chap, so each there's houses and each division of houses is a chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the chapter reports to the regional. Um, and so I was doing things like going to other houses when there were issues and things sure. like that. And just being, so of service. you were, you were kind of in management a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, it was just being of service no, 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 is how I, I like yeah, to look yeah. at it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and in Oxford, I also met my beautiful fiance. She was supposed to be here today, but, right. uh, she ended up working super late last night, whatever. What's her name? Shelly Simmons. Hi, Shelly. Yeah, she's, she'll watch later. <laughs> she'll watch later. She's probably still sleeping with the right, dog. Right. Um, but, yeah, I met her, and we uh, uh, we kind of did it together. So uh -huh. she was the uh, the chapter HSC for the females, uh -huh. and I was the chapter HSC for the males. Uh -huh. So when female houses would have issues, she would go, and I would go with her. And then right. when male houses had issues, I would go, and she would go with me. Right, sure. So we did it as, like, a team, and it was, like, sure. a good service work thing. And, um we build on each other. It was really, really cool. cool. Um, so like I said, I was in Oxford for about a year. Uh -huh. Um, and that's where I built my foundation. I started going to skate straight. I did, I worked my steps. I got a job. I saved some money. Right. Um, all of these things just because I had a safe place to go at night. Sure. And well, I love the, I love, and I always like to point this out, the whole foundation thing. Like, um, because, even when we talk to Nolan, or if I talk to Nolan, he would say the reason why he relapsed is because he didn't really build a foundation. And then not only do you build that foundation, but then you actually have to, you know, participate in that foundation, which is community, uh, and be active. And, and you can set up all this stuff and have all these cool people to call or talk to or process with. But if you don't do the work, it's not gonna happen, right? Yeah. It's like it's like it's not rocket science, and uh, you know, your recover <laughs> your recovery is like a plant, and you have to like nurture it and like take care of it, and you have a tool bag of things to do that with. Exactly. And if you, I mean, 
and I've learned this because my fiance is like a, a like an excessive plant lover. Yeah. And so my apartment is filled with plants. It looks like yeah. I live in a jungle. Nice. Um, and so as soon as we like we get a plant and we have to learn how to take care of it, right. and then we start to take care of it, and then if we neglect it, you can tell like it just diminishes. Right. Yeah. And so I think of my recovery that way. Like I have to do things to keep myself going. Yeah. And like pushing myself to like continue down this path right yeah 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 and i i mean because i know you're over a year sober right i mean yeah how, what's uh where are you at i think uh, i'm coming up on 17 months i'm like 506 nice. days something like that you're thriving dude thriving i like it i like it well so let's let's touch on this real quick you also do um some uh skating for our little buddy uh e-dub and his company right yeah so um i am uh part of the team so e-dubs is the wax company and mm -hmm. it's part of a bigger collective called bread brand skateboarding sure um so there's red f thief trucks happy wheels e-dub skate wax um and so i'm a sponsored skater for them um cool. we're, we're filming a video so shout out bread brand yeah um we're filming a full-length video right now um and that's what i do uh, like I said previously, I've skated like my whole life, like since right. I was like 10. Yeah. Um, and that's my me time. Yeah. Uh, some people go to the spa. Some people, you know, uh, get a massage or whatever. My me time is throwing myself downstairs and rails and <laughs> like I like it. You know? Right. Um, and so that's what that's what keeps me going a lot sure. of the time. So it's it's cool, man. That's cool. Well, man, I mean, you know, I, I know we're just at about an hour. Uh, I wanted to uh, shout out to Summer Sky again. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Um, we are now a podcast, so I have to uh, actually give the number. So it's 888-857-8857. Uh, and that's uh, summersky.us if you uh, want to check them out. Uh, also, the shirts are now available on my DJ website. So if anybody would like to get a shirt, a This Pink Cloud shirt or the chair shirt or the rainbow shirt, you can get them. Uh, go to djkellyreverb.com, and then there will be a little shop button, and all the shirts will pop up. And all the proceeds go to funding this show. So it's a good thing, right? Yeah, I absolutely. So. 100%. I so. so um, other than that, um, you know, I'd love to have you back on the show because I think you have a lot to offer. So I think you might be seeing Dylan, uh, you know, in a, maybe a recurring role or yeah, a maybe. slight recurring role or whatever. Um, and then let's see. Uh, are we missing anything? You got E-Dub, you shout it out to the wife, so the important stuff is out yeah, of the it's, way. It's, yeah. And we did the sponsorship. But uh, we're going to actually take next week off because I actually have a gig uh, that uh, pays me. Yeah. So, you got to so, make that. You got to so, keep this rolling. So I, gotta, I have to actually do that. But, uh, yeah, and then we have some uh, good stuff coming up, I guess, on the uh, 28th. Um, well, we're going to be talking about Recovery Dharma. Oh, I, Stephanie was telling me about that. I'm yeah. super interested yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be talking about that. And then we also have my good buddy, Mike Bond. He's going to be on the show. He's a skate straight uh, guy. And then, uh, and a Summer Sky alumni for that. Okay. Right? And then also, um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. We're going to have somebody on from uh, Dogs Matter, uh, okay. which is the organization where you can actually have your pet um you know taken care of while you're in rehab so oh that's cool that's a cool thing yeah um but anyway i want to thank you for coming on anybody you want to shout out to or um i mean i think i shouted everybody out there's one last thing i wanted to say is like uh 
if if you're if you're having trouble, reach out. Um, you can't yeah. get help if you don't ask for help. Um, I was always really hard on myself for asking for help, so just uh, the help is there if you need it. Just reach out, and uh, I'm sure that he'll Kelly will tag me in this. If anybody wants to reach out and need some advice or anything, I'm open to talk, and I'm always an advocate for recovery. So yeah, 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 and I mean that's the important thing, man. I mean just even if you just you know if you're not to uh, um, everything level or just you know you just think you might want to try the sober lifestyle or dip your big toe in it and see what it's about um hit us up absolutely I mean, you know it's not like you're signing a contract with us right and my, so, i mean i'm 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 proof man if 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 uh if i can do it anybody can well do it. and i feel the same way <laughs> if, I can, if i can do it then you know anybody can and and it's just a matter of of doing the work yep absolutely um and also please um if you're out there be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are, uh, I think I'm at like 171 subscribers. So Sick. I'm like out there cheerleading, trying to get it done. But if you just go to thispinkcloud.com, that URL will take you to our YouTube channel. So please subscribe to that. And uh, if you're listening on a uh, podcast format, then you can see my beautiful face. And Dylan's beautiful face. Yeah, this perfectly groomed. <laughs> and that on. is a nice beard, by the way. Are you? And then uh, are you uh, about? I would say twenty five percent ginger. Uh, I don't know. See, I don't know where this comes from. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I was bleach blonde. It started getting darker, and then I started growing a beard. And it's like, I don't know. I, maybe like my Irish or my like Scottish. It's is coming something out. That's coming yeah, through. you've got some ginger in you. Yeah. Man. But hey, thanks for coming out. And then um, you know we'll we'll be back uh, not next week but uh, the twenty eighth. And uh, if you would like to play us out there, Mister Weston, remember there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we would all take too many.